This is Global Ambitions, your 15-minute window into the minds of localization and international go-to-market experts. Discover how they respond to their biggest challenges. Here's today's host. Hi, my name is Antoine Ray, and I'll be your host today for this Global Ambitions podcast episode. And my guest today is Calvin Westfall. Calvin is a language student at BYU in Utah, and the topic today is local Codes, a translation volunteer club that is the president of. Calvin, welcome to the program. Awesome. Thank you, Antoine. It's great to be with you. Yeah, just to introduce myself a little bit, I'm a master's student at Brigham Young University in Utah, and I study Spanish, and I'm also studying Portuguese. I speak Catalan as well. I'm the president of the Translation and Localization Club, and like you mentioned, Antoine, I, I'm also the director of Local Codes, our student-driven language service provider. All right, very good. Well, let's dive straight into it. Let me ask you then, what was the the drive? Because this is very interesting and the first time we have someone like you on the program, but what is the drive initially behind local codes? Yeah, so as the club, the club was founded in 2016 and I've been the president since 2018. And our our purpose is to connect students to experience and opportunities in the language service industry. And last year, at the beginning of 2020, we saw this gap between, you know, this experience requirements that companies are always asking for, you know, three to five years experience um, in order to get an entry-level job. And we saw this and we said, well, we're students. Some of us can do internships, but not all of us. Some of us, you know, are able to, to go live abroad. I was able to go to Spain to do an internship, but not everyone is. And so we founded Local Codes as a volunteer organization to give students experience in translation and localization. Brilliant. And so we're here to bridge that gap between what the industry is asking for and what students are able to offer when they come right out of school. And you're saying that all of the students there that you're working with, they all volunteer in the club, right? Yeah, so 100% volunteer. It's all service. No one gets paid. I don't get paid. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And it takes up a lot of time, to be honest, but there is great satisfaction in knowing that I'm helping not only students break into the industry, but to prepare them and help the industry understand what our needs are as students as we're, we're graduating with our degrees and in languages and in other areas. Well, that's a great purpose. And I'm sure that a lot of our listeners, you know, that works for different companies in the world might be interested in getting uh, some of your students in an internship like this. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And just a quick plug, at BYU, we have about 33,000 students, and across these 33,000 students, about 66%, two-thirds of them speak another language, at least one other language. Oh, wow, that's impressive. And 131 languages are spoken among the student body. Tell me, what kind of clients, I suppose, I don't know if you call them clients, but what kind of clients do you work with in that case? Yeah, so the different organizations that we work with, we partner with different organizations on campus here at the university. So we work with the business school. We have a couple of projects with them. We work with the communications school with the, the university newspaper and some of the social media stuff. We also are working with other organizations that are connected like the G20 Interfaith Forum. The president of the G20 Interfaith Forum is actually a, a law professor at BYU. So we're in a project right now where we're working with them, preparing all of their materials for their conference in Italy this September. Oh, brilliant. So we have stuff on campus. Outside of things on campus, we also do things in our community with like the Hispanic Center here in Provo. We've done lots of things like translating 
professional certifications. When COVID hit Utah, we, we offered our services to help translate materials for all the different languages here. Utah has a high rate of refugees, actually, for the United States from all over the world. And so we offered our services to help get COVID-related, public health-related materials out. And then we also have some other things all around the States and a couple of projects that are international. So we're always looking to expand. And are you, would you be interested in this case, like, or do you work as well with for-profits, like, you know, private organizations, like any of the clients that we see in the localization industry, for instance? Yeah, so here in Utah, they have this group called Silicon Slopes, right? It's the new Silicon Valley. It's what they like to say. Right. Um, a lot of tech industry is growing here in Utah. So we do part with groups here in Utah. And with that, we're a little bit more hands-off, but we do connect students with internships. Excellent. And we'll do career fairs. We either do the volunteer stuff with nonprofits or university community organizations. And then when we're working with vendors or organizations in the industry, we will tend to maybe go a little bit more hands off and connect them directly with internships or or job offers or try to set those up at least. And I'm sure like organizations like uh, Mozilla, we had Jeff BT on the on the on the podcast not so long ago and we recommended your name by the way yeah and i know they translate into 212 languages or something like that and their purpose is probably not too far from what you guys are doing and they're looking for volunteer all the time so that's probably a good forum as well for you guys yeah we we love jeff he actually teaches our machine translation class over for, for the translation and localization minor here and yeah he's with mozilla they localize the internet into hundreds of different languages and so when we have students you know that speak languages that aren't as common like maybe Marshallese or right or something like that there's not a ton of things to do in here in Utah but through through Jeff and his work at Mozilla or or other organizations like that with Translators Without Borders we've also partnered with to connect students to those experience opportunities. Fabulous great purpose behind all of that that's fantastic tell me then you know because we all see different challenges in our professional lives there. I'd be interested to understand what type of challenges you're facing with the club. Yeah, of course. So the biggest one, so we do have a translation and localization minor and a Spanish translation major here at BYU. And so through that coursework, um, we do have a good amount of students that, have, that are able to learn translation theory and learn how to use CAT tools. But a lot of our volunteers aren't in those classes. Um, they're part of the club because they want to be involved in translation and localization, but they either study journalism or business or they're pre-med students and they want to break into translation and localization, but they don't have the knowledge or the okay. skill set. And so we try to help them. Our biggest challenge is, is training these students, right? We know that mm-hmm. just because you speak another language doesn't make you an automatic perfect translator. Mm-hmm. I'm writing my master's thesis about that, actually, as bilingualism right. as a translator's competency. But our big challenge is training them, helping them learn the processes. You know, how, how do cat tools work? What does a project manager do? Um, how, does, how do deadlines in the language service industry factor into how you approach a project? And so a lot of that, uh, that's probably our biggest challenge. And then all of that, of course, is compounded with COVID, not being able to meet together. Everything's been remote for the last year and a half almost. Yeah, just getting not just the experience, but also the knowledge and the skill set to these students that have the desire to learn. And so outside of uh, BYU providing this, uh, are there some resources that the industry provides or could provide to you that would be helpful? To be honest, I'm not aware of a whole bunch. Um, I know that 
the students in that are studying translational localization, not just at BYU, but at other places are, are thinking about this, you know, what kind of resources are out there? Right. Uh, I spoke on a panel at the, the Gala Connected Conference just okay. last, yeah. last month in March with some wonderful students from the Middlebury Institute of International Studies in Monterey. Mm-hmm. And it, we were talking about, just about this, right? How can we help the industry connect a little bit more with, with the students coming out of school? And what kind of resources are there and what kind of things we would like to see? And one thing that I would suggest that I, I learned from my colleagues at Miss is helping develop a, a mentor program. So that's something that we're looking to do here at BYU as well, and maybe encourage people in the language service industry to think about that. What, can they mentor students? How many students would they be able to mentor? Not necessarily just on an internship basis to bring students in to work for them, but also to be a career mentor or an academic mentor to think about you know, their career path and what kind of things would help them get to where they want to be. Well, let's make a call to all of those that are listening uh, to us in this case and making sure that uh, there are some not only mentorship program, but uh, internship as well as potentially somebody that has like training or learning material that they can share with the kind of community that you're, you're driving. That would be awesome, I guess. Yeah, we would absolutely love that. One of the things that we have seen in this industry, we're very collaborative, I think. We're very open to, to sharing and to learning more about one another. And I think that this mentorship program embodies that, that spirit of, of collaboration. And so, yeah, uh, we would love to hear from you. Great. Okay. So, and then what, uh, what happens next for you and for other members of the club? Like, have you followed the evolution, you know, uh, you've been in it for so many years and you're still finishing your uh, degree and master's there, uh, but other people have probably gone through the club and moved on as well. Like, can you tell us a little bit about, about uh, what's happening? What kind of a, a springboard does that give to some of the students? Yeah, so before we found a local coach, just with the club, we would do career fairs and workshops with different people in the industry. We'd bring them into campus. And just from those experiences, we were able to land you know, a dozen students' jobs. They would meet someone in March at a career fair, do an internship over the summer, and get hired full-time in the fall, you know, right after they graduate in the summer. That's amazing. So that bridging the gap is working somehow without having three to five years' experience. You have some sort of experience doing your college degree there that brings you to a job, right? Yeah, and we're finding that once these companies that are looking to hire, once they see, well, once they're able to work with, the students work with us and see like, okay, they might not have three to five years, but we work with them for six months or a year. We know how they work. Right. We know what their skill set is and we feel comfortable bringing them on. And so uh, we've had a dozen students go through that in the last two years or so that I'm, I'm aware of. I know that there's more out there that are doing things that aren't necessarily language service industry related, but they use their experience and leverage that in other fields. Yeah. Um, one of our vice presidents, Caleb, he met someone at a local lunch, which is also Great plug for right, Loke Lunch, yeah. a great program. He met Very someone good. at Loke Lunch. He graduated in December, met someone at Loke Lunch in January, and got hired full-time in February. Look at that. And this company is based in Argentina. And he did it all from his apartment in Utah, right? And without these initiatives that, you know, not just us at BYU, but others in the industry are pushing to to create this connection, this web of connections, that wouldn't have happened for him. And so it, it works, I think. We just need to, to keep working at it. Way to go, Lock Lunch. That's a great initiative indeed. Like I've been to a few of them here in Ireland as well. And what's next for you then? Where where are you heading? Yeah, so I have a year left 
once I finish my degree, I'm looking to enter the, the industry and to work in translation and localization. I've, I've done stuff with project management. I love sports. My internship was with a soccer club in Spain. And, you know, I've seen a little bit of behind the scenes of how the sports industry works, but also how the language industry factors into, into that. I'm a big soccer fan. And then, yeah, I've done stuff with medicine and, and business and kind of everything. You know, my, my translation professor, my thesis chair says, you need to know everything. And so we'll see what I end up choosing for a specialization. But yeah, I'm excited to, to enter the workforce. Well, hopefully our listeners can help and Global Ambitions can be another springboard for you to uh, get your name out there and uh, the rest of your uh, students because it's a very interesting club there and uh, that has a great purpose in the background. Yeah, thank you. Great. Listen, thanks very much for joining our show. I'm sure we'll see a lot of you in the industry in the coming years and it's been a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much, Antoine. Thanks for tuning in to Global Ambitions. Subscribe at globalambitions.net or wherever you get your podcasts.